My father taught me photography as a kid. Well, Matthew, I have to say this. Matthew, I have to say I want to thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here, man. I really appreciate it. To see the first time I can feel that aura. And then you come with almost like a hakuma on and got your little thing. Look at this. Got your tabbies. Kick it, my brother. And got an owl on his socks. You know it. Shoot. (laughs) Tell me. Listen. Matthew, tell me. Let's start off with where were you born? Born in New York. Born in Brooklyn. Okay. Uh, we left there when I was seven, moved down south. Do you south have Carolina. siblings? I do. I, do. I have uh, one now. I had two sisters. But okay. One passed away a few years ago. Are you the oldest? I'm in the middle. In the middle of two girls. How many years difference between you two? Only one year. Between the both of you? Even yeah. the one that passed away? Well, the one that passed away three years. She was okay. three years younger. Okay. Mom and dad? Uh, lost my father almost a year ago. Actually, no, like uh, oh. um, eight months ago now. Oh, my mom's still that. alive. Were they together the whole time? They were. 62 years. 62 years? Yeah. Wow. 62 years. Be 63 years. Uh, wow. This fall. Yeah. So from New York, you said you were born in New York. Born in New York. And then you went down south to where? Down south. and To where? Columbia, South Carolina, which, uh, South Carolina. you know, the south is very different, especially back then. You but know. how old were you? You, how, you said you were seven when you went down south? Yeah. Yeah. So you're old enough to understand you were leaving New York. Absolutely. And you had friends and stuff yeah, in New York, so you didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. Ended up going back when I uh, graduated from high school. Went back, uh, uh, had art, went to art school, then went back to New York, started my career there as a photographer, as a photographer's assistant, um, and had my career there and said I would never leave New York. Wait, 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 hold on. Okay, so why did you have to, why did you move? Do you know the reason why you moved? Yeah, yeah. What was the reason? I do. I got tired of New York and want to see more. No, no, I'm talking about why your parents, wait, you moved, wait, your parents didn't leave with you? Oh, yeah, 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 a whole family moved down okay, south. Okay, so why, that's what so, I'm asking, so why did they move down south? My father moved down south to be a minister. Was he a minister already in New York? He was not. He was an anesthesiologist in New York. And a, an anesthesiologist? Yeah. Your mother, did she work too? She worked as a, as a nurse before we were born. Okay. And then she stopped when we were born. And your father took yeah. care of everything? Everything. So did he do that down south too? Oh, he became no, a minister? No, minister. Full-time minister. Do you know what was the, what was the transition that caused that? <sighs> yeah, he, he had a calling. A calling to, to be a minister. He was uh, an assistant minister at the time in the church in, in, the church in New in, York. Okay. Um, and felt that that was his calling. Where's, he where's, he, where's he from originally? From Alabama. Okay, so he wanted to go back south anyway. Yeah, my mom from Georgia as well. Georgia, so okay, so they south, both wanted to go back. Exactly. So they said, kids, they're you're like, going to find out the real world real quick. Yeah, and we did. So what you was know. it like? Tell me. So you're seven years old. Oh, you go man, to moving from New York at the time where south it's like, Carolina. you know, in New York at that time, I'm, I'm 60 now. So Who? 1963. 63, okay. I'm born, and, and so those years in New York... No, it was in the late 60s. We moved to New York in 1970. 1970, okay. And those, those years in New York, you know, the late 60s were kind of crazy. You know, Black Pride, assassination, right. you know, all this stuff, Kennedy. Riots, everything, yeah. But in New York, it was a very vivid, vibrant New York City. All my friends were from all over the world. And that's what I grew up knowing. And then I moved down south, and it's just black and white. 
Okay. And very different black and white. And separated. And separated and this, you know, I stood out because I had a strong Brooklyn accent at the time. Okay. Uh, and I didn't like it. For a long time, I didn't like it. What's a long time for you? Uh, well, all through like uh, grade school, I, I, didn't, I didn't feel like it was home. I always felt that, okay, when I'm old enough, I'm going back to New York. <laughs> Get me back, you know. And I think I, I crave the city. Even now, I crave a city life. Okay. Um, the convenience why I love of all it, this. The convenience, Absolutely. the modernness, and seeing people do things. Seeing people getting up, walking out your door, and hearing all the different languages, seeing people everywhere. I love that. You know, that's me. And I guess, you know, it came from like, you know, our core, where you, where you grow up, how you grow up. Um, all my cousins were all back in New York and all of that. And, now, your and cousins are on it. your mother's side or your father's side? Uh, my mother's side. Okay, your mother's side. Okay. Okay. So she has yeah. a strong family. Yeah, okay. very much so. But the South, it was different. And so were some of the things because you're saying that you say it. Tell me, Matthew. This what this is all about. I went what? back south to see my mother and my sister last month. Oh, you mean so? It's never gotten out your blood. You still don't like the south. I, I, st- <laughs> I, 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 I have things I love about it because it's made me who I am for sure. Okay, you okay. Know, I'm, I'm both. You stayed. New York well, how, how old were you when you left the south? Oh, I was 19. Oh, so you had, <laughs> so you really had to. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. So you had 11, 12 years there. Yeah, I mean, it's a, a long there. time That's there. That's long time. And it felt like, okay, <laughs> this is not for me, not to live. And I, I, I love things about it, even now. Like what? But to live, it's, it's peaceful. Um, what's the other about it? The food, of course, is nice in the South. Not healthy, but it's but, good. But man. it's good. You can't stop it's eating. Good. You can't yeah. stop eating. You can't. Can. <laughs> <laughs> stroke capital of the world. You know all that stuff. That's really true. What's that stroke? But stroke capital. Oh, of they did the say, of course, because of all the food. Yeah, yeah, the fried, the fried food, food and, and stuff. Yes, right. But uh, food, yeah. you know, people who live there um, love strong. They 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 uh, stay together. You see that. People who I knew growing up get married, they stay together forever. You know, you don't see that everywhere. No, you don't. You do in the South. Right. So that was cool seeing that level of commitment and love from from couples. That was cool. Uh, I left, went back to New York, started my life, and uh, didn't turn back. You said, no, I'm not going to. It's nice to visit. Nice to visit. (laughs) It's still nice to visit. But like I craved getting back here to Tokyo when I was there. Is that right? I see my family, and uh, it hasn't changed much from when I was living down there. You know, as a kid. So tell me this: growing up as a kid, were you more academic or were you more physical? More physical. You were as a kid, yeah. Okay, so as what kind kid. of things do you like to do as a kid? Let's start elementary, junior Soccer, high. Soccer, basketball. You were in there. Were you good? Yeah. I wasn't good. I'm not, I'm not okay. going to lie. I wasn't good. But was, they let I you in the game. Yeah. Would they let you I in the game? game? I could play. Okay. You know, but um, I was never Michael Jordan. All right. You know, right. Well, but come on. No one compares with that guy. You got guys that right. Jump from the center of the court and still in the air. That's what they call him air. Jordan. Yeah, that's true. That's so you, true. so you, you liked sports. You love sports. Outside of that, what did you like? Photography. You, as a kid, my father taught me photography as a kid. So, like, when, when do, what are your earliest memories, having a camera in your hand? Uh, so, we moved down south, and, you know, seven. picked on, you know, by the kids from my, from my accent, and 
uh, just whatever. And my father had a camera, always, it was his hobby, and he had it on his desk. I'd go in there and sneak in and play with the, his camera and try to put it back where it was. And he always knew. And one day he said, okay, I'm going to give you your own camera. It's like probably like 10. Okay. Uh, he taught me how to use it, turned the bathroom into like a makeshift dark room, taught me how to process pictures. You know, I'm a kid playing around with chemistry and, right, 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 right. and I fell in love with it. And, you know, it was like my, my outlet. It gave, made me the, uh, the ability to speak to people uh, and show, I didn't know it at the time, to show my point of view. Even huh. as a kid. How you know, so? How so? A camera is that. You know, every picture you take is your decision to show what's important to you. You don't know that as a kid, or a lot of adults don't know that, but it's you showing your point of view through a lens. And that's powerful. And I loved it, and it became my outlet. I shot what I knew, which was sports, and my friends who were like, you know, playing sports at the time, the neighborhood, uh, church. I shot my life, and starting at age ten, starting really at age twelve. My first pictures I can remember are like age twelve. Okay, and I loved it. Okay, and, and I still love it. I still love so it. So, what about academics? How'd you do as, as far as academics? I was just okay. I was not like a great student at all. Mm -hmm. Did you I have knew. any subjects you preferred outside of art? Oh, outside of art? Yeah, because uh, art goes hand in hand with that's, photography. That's true, it does. It's yeah. hand in hand. I went to art school, as a matter of fact. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Said, so you could have more photography to deal with, yeah. Academically, I don't know. I was just average uh, for the most part. I was always curious about seeing the world. I was curious about that. Uh, Where did you, 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 you want to go well, any place in particular that caught I, your fancy? I did. It's so funny, like, you know, things like register as a kid. As a kid, we had this book about a little boy from Bora Bora, which is so weird. Right, about right, that. okay. But this little boy grew up, and he had these, he was, you know, fishing, and and this is like a cartoon book as a kid. I'm reading, but that stuck. And I always said, I want to go to Bora Bora. I don't know why. Okay. So when I was old enough, and I had my first like, you know, girlfriend who I'm like crazy about, I'm like. Let's go to Bora Bora. Did you? And we did, yeah. What was it like? Amazing. Isn't that the Pacific? Yeah. It's in the Pacific, Bora Bora. Pacific. How far is it from Hawaii? Uh, probably another like uh, four hours, four hours, five hours. South so, or yeah. south of Hawaii? Yeah, okay. South. Wow. Bora Bora is and the people are pretty dark complected, aren't they? They are, yeah. Like people from like um, Samoa. Samoa, it's yeah. Oh. Very similar. One guy told me he went to Samoa. He was in the Navy. He said they treated them like family. Yeah. I have family who's from Samoa now because my, uh, my nephew's wife is Samoan. Okay. And uh, so, like, seeing, you know, her life and her sister and all that, and, yeah, she's definitely, like, you know, South Pacific so in every way. So how old were you when you went to Boa Boa? I went there at the age of uh, 29, 29 okay. or 30 for the first time. Okay. Yeah, the first time I was, like, uh, I'll say 30. You've been there a couple time. of times now? Twice. Twice. Twice, okay. But loved it, you know. Wow. Okay, so throughout school, you weren't very academic, you liked sports, you go through junior high school. High school, what do you start to focus on more? I know you always had your camera and art, so did, did you really get it's, into it's it heavy? It's funny, like I remember having a, a counselor say, oh, you're really good at this. You should go to art school, make a living at this. I'm like, as a photographer? And then somebody gave me a book on Gordon Parks. 
I'm not sure who it was. On what? On Gordon Parks. Gordon Parks, okay. First black photographer, first black, black uh, director. Uh, so I read his story. What year was he born? What year is oh, Gordon was born, uh, I think, in either the 40s or the 50s. He okay. directed Shaft. Is he still here? Is no, he still? he's not. He died? He passed? He away. died. I, I met him in his 90s. I met him, um, I, have, I have four books out. Well, okay. three out and, four, and the fourth one's on the way. But he's in my first book. Wow. So I get to meet him. Like he's on my, my childhood idol, you know. And how old were you when you found about him? Because I don't think many blacks would know about him at all unless they were really deeply into art. Would they? Gordon was the man. Uh, I, I think people start to know him now because of Shaft. Because and, Shaft, and, yes. Uh, he was a real Renaissance man. I probably read his book around the age, his first book, probably around the age of 13, 14. Then I got his other books throughout the, the years. But the first book I read He's a black man who's, you know, traveling the world, shooting celebrities, shooting uh, life, shooting in Brazil. He's going everywhere, hanging out with the who's who. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. If he can do that, I can do that. And that planted the seed, I think, then. So Gordon planted the seed. Okay. Um, but still, it's like, oh, this is kind of a dream. Can I really do that? And then I went to art school in, uh, in Atlanta. And uh, now this college or high school? This is after high school. After high so school, okay. This so is like me, yeah. Okay. And going on to art school, and I found out at that time that, oh, the best photographers, I had a professor say, the best photographers in the world are in Europe and New York. I'm like, oh, I'm from New York. I'm going back to New York. <laughs> But you've been living down in the South all the time. Exactly. Said, I'm from like, Well, you, you'd latch on to anything that would help you get, okay, so. I'm, I'm like, oh, New I'm York, from New York is it. Suit, okay. I'm going back to New York. Okay. So I go back to New York, and uh, in, in art school, I found out about being a photo assistant, uh, working for established photographers. And I went to work trying to find a job being a photo assistant, uh, which is not easy, because at the time, it was a very white world. Probably still is actually, Um, but somebody gave me a chance and hired me as a photo assistant. Uh, How old are you now? I'm now like 22, 22, 23, and I begin working as an assistant, and as an assistant, traveling all over Europe, you know, on fashion jobs. I'm working for mostly fashion photographers. uh, And shooting everything. At the time, Victoria's Secrets was like the biggest thing out. You know, so working on all those jobs, meeting all these supermodels. Uh, and before I know it, it's like my life, you know, living in the fashion industry, traveling around New York, traveling all over Europe, uh, traveling by myself with gear and cameras and film at the time, and learning the industry. And then um, I did that for like, uh, like four and a half years working as a photo assistant. Then a photographer uh, said, oh, I know this, uh, this makeup artist who's seen your work, you should work for him and get you more, more uh, hone your, your beauty work. Started doing that a lot, working on my own, shooting, testing models. All the models began to know me because at the time there weren't many black photographers in New York City. Right. Not many at all. I became known as the, the black photographer. Right. Uh, all the models got to know me um, and I started testing everybody. Testing right. is like the term we use for uh, doing a shoot of a model that's building their portfolio and you're building yours as well. 
But do they pay you for it? No. They they don't. Don't. So, so it's just a give and take. Exactly. Okay. If they so, become famous, you become famous by the fact that you shot them. Very true. Got you. Okay. So I met all these great models at the time, like Heidi Klum, uh, Tyra Banks. But did you shoot them? Yeah. Okay. Shot them all. Before they became? Before they became famous. As a matter of fact, I shot Tyra's first calendar. We went to Jamaica and we shot her first calendar together. Okay. Uh, she, I, and at the time, this guy's a very famous makeup artist now, but at the time, we were all like up and coming. Okay. You know, the first time I shot Tyra, we shot in my Brooklyn apartment like two in the morning and shot all night long. Right. You know, and back in the day. Uh, and watched everybody come up as you know right. model photographer whatever and it's it's been that way ever since kind of just blossomed so so you continue to do this out of school when you finished school you got a job with someone as their assistant yes and you did New that York. for how long like four and a half years four and a half years but not for one person i worked with one person the first year and then i became a freelance photo assistant why because you knew enough people i knew enough people okay. at that time so i worked for other photographers which you need as a photographer who's, who's young and up and coming, you need to learn how other people work, you know, because uh, there is no one way. Right, you for learn, anything, right. Yeah, for anything. So you learn by uh, seeing what works. You learn watching people who are very technical versus people who are very charismatic. So um, tell me some of the differences. For example, now you're saying as their assistant, what do you have to do as their assistant to start off with? Oh my God, you do everything. You're doing all the but you're carrying all the gear. Right, but if you're not willing to do what they ask you to do, they go past sometimes what you have to do, don't they? That's true, that's true. Then that's when you, you either decide, I'm gonna do this and get this done, or? Oh, it's, it's funny, because being an assistant is, is like the, the lowest man on the totem pole. I hear you. And a lot of people don't want to do it. I remember a friend of mine, uh, I lived in Harlem my first few years in New York. I had a friend, and he wanted to be a photographer also, and he was working at, uh, at Saks Fifth Avenue, the hot store, and he's like, oh no, you can, you can learn on your own. Uh, why would you be somebody's assistant? Long story short, he never became a photographer. Yeah, you're uh, not dealing with anybody. So. No, you no, know, you can't learn on your own. Everything you get comes through somebody. Absolutely, and, and you're paying you, a you price. That, you're gonna, it comes through somebody. You, there's no way in the world, no one's an island on their own. No. If they no. think they are, then you know right away. They don't know anything. <laughs> no, I, I learned so much from being an assistant. I learned how to travel, how That's to talk true. to clients. You learn, the photography part is a very simple part. The business part's very different. Right. Networking, connections, how to keep your career going even through the ups and downs of economies, ups and downs and all that stuff. And, is a great uh, experience for me, great well, training, training for okay, me. Okay, now the beginning couldn't have been so nice at the beginning, so it had to be very... Oh no, it was hard. I would think it was so. very hard. Now it's more mentally than it is physical, right? Both, no, it's, it's physical and mental. So, so what, tell me some of the physical hardships you had at the beginning. What were some of the physical things? You're there very early. Like the shoot starts at, at 8 a.m. or 8.30, you're there like 6.30 in the morning. Maybe Doing you're what? there and uh, prepping for the job. So you're carrying okay. all the gear. Right. Uh, back then, the gear was much heavier than it is now because right. we're shooting film, we're shooting uh, medium format cameras. Today, things are smaller, lighter, faster, easier. The gear was heavy. You're learning lighting. Lighting's heavy. Stands are heavy. Um, and it's the assistant that puts everything together. By yourself? By myself or with another assistant. Okay, if you have usually to be like lucky maybe enough. two or three depending on the job. Right. But you're carrying all the gear, you're packing all the gear. 
if you're going on location, especially overseas, you're getting all the gear together to travel overseas. And this is like, you know, 15, 16 cases of gear. But you learn what you need, how to put the projection together, how to put a crew together, how to, how to travel with gear, how to go in and out. I remember doing a job in Italy and we had all this film. We had just shot for like two weeks, shooting like all this you know, fashion beauty. And I'm coming back by myself. But you, were, you weren't shooting, right? No, I wasn't shooting. You're, shooting. you're, just, um, you're just the assistant. assistant. You're the guy that's going to put this stuff up afterwards, right. make sure it's working properly while it's there. People get water, you need to give them water. All that stuff. All oh, that Everything. stuff. Everything. Okay. Everything. Okay. But, uh, and there are levels of assistance as well. There's I like can the first assistant, bomb assistant, all that stuff. But uh, we're in Italy and we're trying to get back to the States. And I have all this film with me because I had all the film. And this guy's, and I want him to hand check all the film because you don't want to go through the security. And this guy says in Italian, he's like, oh, they'll just put it through. I'm like, no, 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 this is film. And he's like, arguing with me. And he points his machine gun at me. And I'm like, no, the film, film going through this is going to erase it. Won't it, won't it mess it, it up? Will, it, may it could. It won't erase it, but it will damage the it film. It will damage the film. It won't come out the same quality. Exactly. So another guy comes running over. He can speak English. He's like, what's going on? And I tell him, oh, I have film. This is a fashion shoot. I'm going back to New York. He says, that's it? And he puts it through. But this guy, the other guy. Was ready to take Yes, yes he's, he's, he's like, I've got the gun. Yeah. He pointed his machine gun at me. Did that scare you? Oh, absolutely. You know. What year are we talking about? <laughs> this is like the 80s. This is the 80s, you know. So when people are like still getting shot easily. <laughs> <laughs> the 80s in this, Italy. It hasn't I mean, stopped. First it hasn't years stopped. going to, like, you know, yeah. to Milan back then. It was like, you know, a hub at the time. Uh, but, yeah. And everybody's, nobody's helping you out. Everybody's, no, everybody's on the floor. And I'm just by <laughs> myself, you know. I'm just the no black one's gonna kid, miss you. you know. No one's going to miss you. No, at <laughs> all. So that is... <laughs> All right, so he puts up the gun. The guy comes over and helps you out. He helps get the me film out. Through. Gets right. the film through. I'm like sweating bullets, you know, but I get through and get the film through. And I'm like, oh, okay, that wasn't that bad, you know. <laughs> I'm still alive. I'm still alive. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still alive, you know. But uh, yeah, wow. no. assisting was a great experience. It's physical because you're doing everything, doing the job. You're making sure everything works smoothly. And you learn how to run a production. What's the mental? What's the middle cha challenge? The mental part. Oh, the mental challenge is inspired more of the mental part than anything else. Uh, staying relevant as a photographer. You know, it's a very, it's very not, competitive. But you're not the photographer. You're still. I'm talking about just as the guy that's the as assistant. the assistant. Still, you're, you're still tr as the assistant becoming this the photographer. You're learning everything so you can go on your own okay. and be a photographer. But it's hard making that, that leap from, from watching somebody to being the one doing it. It all looks so easy watching. Yeah, but how are you going to put together your crew? Exactly. Who's going to come? Wait, who's, wait how, do, yeah, how do you do that? Who pulls them all together? Well, you're learning as you're doing it. Okay. You're learning because like, the people you're working with become your crew or part of your crew. I hear you. You get connected. So you call them, you're, right? Yeah, yeah. But will they do See, that's another thing, too. If you're an assistant and you want to become the photographer, that guy could be jealous and say, I'm not, why would I be oh, your assistant? I'm not going to be your assistant. Yeah. Well, that happens, too. But then you find other People young, up-and-coming assistants. That are interested in doing it. And you build your team. There's not, there's not like an assistant school you can go to and say. There is not. Not to this day. There's not. There have been different organizations that have tried to help people become assistants, okay. um, which have gone away today. They don't, mm -hmm. they don't exist that I know of today. But 
they need to be around, you know. Could they get enough work? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they could. Okay. Sure. So you have to be plugged in. I think it's like anything. Once you've, once you've been in a field of any field, anything you're in, you have to go to their um, trade shows, if you will. Yeah, yeah. You have and to it's go word of mouth. Everybody talks about it. Right. You. you have to get, but you have to be in that loop. Get in that loop. If you're not in that loop and don't travel where they are, there's no way to get yeah. into it. And it's funny, the things you learn as an assistant, you use also as you become a working photographer. You're always on the grind. You're always out there trying to network, find work, find new clients. When does it know. start coming to you? My first job came to me, and it's also word of mouth. A makeup artist uh, was talking to a client and said, oh, I know this client who's looking for a photographer and they would love you. And I said, I'm not ready yet. Well, Felt how old were you? Late 20s, like 26, 26. Were you still someone's assistant? Yeah, I was. And did you fear them? I was working them, a lot. But did you fear them saying, okay, you went out on your own now? No, I didn't fear that. I didn't fear that at all. That wasn't part of the equation. It was more mental for me. Can I handle being the one in charge? But did you have a crew? No, I did not. So you needed one? I needed one. To do this, so you couldn't do it anyway? No, I could, because you know the steps to take to get a crew. Okay. But knowing and doing is a different thing altogether. <laughs> so I knew those steps, but uh, this makeup artist went and told a client about me, gave them my information, and they contacted me and said, oh, we heard that you've been shooting all these great models, and I had been at the time, shooting everybody, and we want to see your work. At the time, I'm like, oh, I'm not ready. But I go to the meeting. It's uh, in Times Square. Uh, the guy's name was Marlo Goodson. And he's looking at my portfolio, and he's going through like this, quiet. He gets like halfway through and closes the book. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, damn Shit. Yeah. He's like, what are you doing next week? Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm like, uh, nothing? He's like, okay, uh, I want you to shoot this assignment, da, da, da. He's, give me the, he's, ex, he's hiring me for the job. In my mind, I'm like, what, what, what? Going crazy. I'm like, I have my first assignment. And it turned to be like uh, this great job. I shot uh, a story on business women. Shot like 12 different women over two days. I put a team together for assistance, rent the studio. Put it, I, was, I was doing wait, it all the time. For, wait, like, now he, he, he says he's going to give you this amount. Yeah. You know what you're going to get. So that allows you to say, I'm going to get these assistants. This is what I'm going to give you. And put a team together. Right, okay. And I do my first job. And? And they love it. And they hired me for my second job. My second job was a really big job. So my second job, I'm going on a plane to fly somewhere to photograph someone. And it's Anita Hill. It's Anita Hill at the height of the Clarence Thomas confirmation hearings. Okay. It's my second job. And on the plane beside me is the editor-in-chief of the magazine, Susan Taylor. So of on the plane magazine? Of the magazine. I'm shooting for Essence Magazine. Essence Magazine, okay. It's my first two jobs. <laughs> on that second job, Susan Taylor is interviewing me on the flight there. She loses your portfolio life. and stuff, or she, she's not looking she's at your work? She's seen it before. Okay, so, so she's just fighting about that. you. She's going to fight about me. Okay. So we're talking the entire flight there. Uh, get there, do the shoot. She was stunning. She was beautiful. Made her look even more beautiful. Uh, Susan interviews her. It comes out. It's a double-page spread. And I get more work. I start getting more and more and more work.
And I shot for them maybe like two years, off and on. I was still assisting. Essence. Essence. Okay. One day I'd do a job for Essence, like, you know, a fashion story. Next day I'd assist. So I'd do both at the same time because I wasn't getting enough work as a photographer to still be a photographer full time. And then it got to the point where I was shooting so much, I had to stop assisting altogether. I was doing tons of fashion and beauty. And then one day, client calls, actually it's Marlo Goodson, uh, same guy who hired me the first time. He says, we have a job two days from now, and it was shooting a cover of a magazine, which was a big deal. The covers are like the cream de creme, you know. So he says, okay, we want you to shoot this uh, cover of a magazine. It's a celebrity. We hired a photographer to do it, but he turned the job down for a big advertising job. Advertising pays much more. So he says, I know it's a cover, it's a celebrity, but you can do this because I love your work. Just do what you do with the models. I'm like, all right, cool. Who's the celebrity? Halle Berry. <laughs> oh, no, he didn't. That's my girl. That's my girl now. Wait just a minute. Halle Berry is my first celebrity. And wow. on the cover of which magazine? Cover of Essence, Essence magazine. magazine. What year are we talking? 1994. I'm sorry, 1993. 1993. 1993. I'm shooting my first celebrity cover, and we had a ball. I, I remember when she walked in the studio, I mean, she was just, she was beyond fine, of course. Yes, you know, it's Halle Berry. It's Halle Berry. You got you know, she, right. It's funny, like, we had this set. I have all these sets going for the shoot. And one is this gigantic, beautiful chaise lounge, but I have it elevated. And she was short and little. And she's like, I can't get up there. <laughs> and I said, I'll carry you up there. So I pick her up and I carry her up there. I'm like, oh my God, I've got Halle Berry in my arms. You know, when. <laughs> Man, isn't that nice? It was a great day. It's a great day. How long was the shoot? It's a full day shoot. It's all day. All day. So I shot it all day long. And we got great images. And you get to keep all your shots, of course. Oh, yeah, I own Seriously. the images. You own all the yeah. images. They're in my archive right now. But how does that work? So if you have that, do you need her permission to be able to sell them? Uh, you need a sign-off from a publicist back then, back which then. Abai did, because they want great pictures of them out there. So I sold those pictures forever. Okay. You know, of Could you still do that today if you oh, want yeah, to? Oh, okay. yeah. I own the images. Yeah. I actually own the copyright. Right, right, right. So I have wow. all those images in my, in my archive of everybody. But that cover comes out. Okay. Uh, it's my first cover. And back then, magazines are king. So what's, what, what's mom and dad thinking about you now? Because you've hit your first celebrity, and it happens to be Holly Berry. So what is mom My and dad, dad is beyond proud. I bet you, <laughs> shoot, man, did he call you up right away? Who's this on the cover of I my mean, son's, Matthew, my all son? All my family has the cover. Everybody has the cover, you know, it's like. And you got a big wall filled with the cover. Definitely. And in New York at that time, like, there are magazine stands everywhere in every stand. They're in the subway, everything. Did they have your name on, underneath that or did, was it on the inside? On the inside. Inside. On the inside. Right. There's a cover Talk by. Right. Cover you know, by. it's my first credit line as a cover. Uh, cover by Matthew Jordan Smith. The magazine loves it. And they give me a second celebrity cover, like two months later. Okay. And that's Vanessa Williams. <laughs> oh, man. So I get Vanessa Williams, Williams. my second cover. And she's cover. looking beautiful, too. And yeah. she's amazing. She, she was doing Kiss of the Spider Woman. Okay. <laughs> on Broadway. So I shoot her. They love the images. Everybody loves the cover. Vanessa loves it. Um, 
So then I'm on a roll. And they're like, okay, we go. I give you another cover. This time it's Oprah. So I shoot Oprah for a cover of the magazine. We fly to Chicago. We're in Harpo Studios. I'm shooting Oprah. Uh, it's an anniversary issue. So I get three co big covers in a year. And from that point on, people are like, oh, he's the cover man. Period. He's the celebrity photographer. Did you really? And but you still had to do your job, right? You oh, absolutely. Work, absolutely. Right? You Definitely. have to be there. Is it more just FaceTime now? No. You just have to no. be the right places and stuff like that? Or you still it's have to still call up people and say, I want to, yeah, I need, let's do this job, let's do that. Because it's, it's still, still the work. Yeah. It's still connections. It's still uh, making people feel beautiful. Right. Which is what I do. Like, right. you know, if you're doing fashion beauty, the models are attractive, of course. But, but still, they need to be the average made person up. Right. is not. Right. And even if they are, like, if it's Halle Berry or whomever, or Zendaya, or whatever today, you have to make them feel a certain way, right, to right. look a certain way. Right, 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 right. And that's what I became good at, making people feel beautiful, or powerful, oh. or whatever. And for the first part of my career, I only photographed women. And still, majority of it's women. But then I started getting calls to photograph men, and uh, started sh photographing men. Who? Uh, Sam Jackson. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Here's a I'm funny story. Here's a funny story. All right, all right. My first time photographing Sam, I saw him a few months ago actually, uh, but my first time photographing Sam, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, was shooting for this book called Men of Color. And the book is all these men. Uh, oh, you're doing it for men. someone who's made, who made the book, The Men of Color. Yeah. I'm doing did it for you do, oh, Did you Boston. do all of their photos? I did most of it. Yeah, I did most of the So men. that's how you got a lot of men right away. Yeah, right away. Sam Jackson, right okay, so go on. My so, man, I was just thinking about him the other day too. I was thinking how these guys nowadays, because of um, CG and everything else, have to worry, but Sam took every job that was available oh, yeah. and made his, he's good. Oh yeah. He's yeah. good to go now. So Sam is, he's, he's the man. He and Latanya both are like, you know, power couple That's and all right. that, so. That's his wife? Yeah, Latanya. his wife, Latanya. I don't know his wife. Yeah, you know her work though, and she's done, she was an actress as well for a while, she's okay. done stuff, and still does stuff every blue moon, but okay. uh, she's now more producer. She did, uh, she produced his last show on Broadway, A okay. Soldier Story. Right. She produced that, right. uh, which is a big hit. I wish I'd saw it, but uh, it was only there for a I bit. didn't know he did Broadway. Oh, he started in Broadway. Sam, Sam Jackson, Denzel, uh, Denzel yeah, Morgan Freeman, they all came up together. Through Broadway? Through Broadway, they I, all came I, up together. Because I heard about Denzel not too long ago, because you, you won't believe this, but years ago, and I still get it every now and then. Now I get Obama more than anything else. People would say, I look like Denzel Washington. You know, I can see it because, you know, I've... I've you photographer, yeah. you, you shot him. But you know what I would say to them? That is the nicest compliment I've ever heard anyone give that man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I would remind say, and also, he looks like me because I'm a year older than him. Oh, uh -huh, yeah. And I can't, you can't right. look like somebody who wasn't here. <laughs> that's right, that's he true. He looks like me. Did you, you're hitting these people that made us who we are. Yeah. Because yeah. we're watching them. You, you take a little bit of each person. I got a little Holly in me, you know. <laughs> you get a little bit of this, you get a little bit of this. You, you can't help it. You judge everything based upon what you see and what, you, what does something for you. That's true. That's true. Did you ever shoot Prince? Never shot Prince. Never shot Prince. Uh, Did you get to meet him? Never met him. Okay. Never so met him. So a couple him. of people on the ranks. Yeah, yeah. people like, who got away from me. Who got away before yeah. time. But you were up, in their, you were up in their orbit, man. Yeah. You're in no, their I've, orbit. I've, I've had some great assignments. I've missed some great ones. 
You so know, tell me, but tell me, finish with the men. You said you got the shoot for the men. You hit Sam first. Sam Jackson first. Um, it's funny after that book came out, so getting calls for doing things for men. Um, in a weird way, uh, I got a call once to do a job, and it kept on being put off because it was Michael Jordan. It's at the height of his career, and he had never done a portrait shoot uh, with him and his family. He was always gone. And he wanted a shot of him with his family. I met him through Martha Stewart. I shot him with Martha Stewart. <laughs> and She's is, so good. So I shoot Michael Jordan. He, he contacts me to photograph him and his family. The job was going back and forth for like six months. Finally get a date, we're going to shoot there, we're going to shoot at his house in Chicago. Uh, him and his family, it's the date finally in stone. It's two days before the shoot, and I get a call uh, from a group, and they want me to fly out that night to South Africa and photograph Mandela. But I can't because it's the Michael Jordan shoot. You know, that's six months putting together. I can't cancel Michael. So I turn it down and refer a friend to do the shoot. And he flew out and did the shoot. And but I'm you like, never got a chance oh. to meet Mandela, did you? But still, never. You to, but you're a man of integrity. You have to do what you promised to do. Yeah. But exactly. It's easy to do that, but they're both they're both powerful in their own ways. Oh, right. absolutely. I mean, yeah. you mean so the no. shoot of Michael yeah, yeah. and his family was shoot. great. You know. Yeah, you don't want to turn that down. That's in your backyard no. too. Absolutely. Yeah, you had so to do that. That was great. Like photographing Michael. How in long his did house. I'm there all day long. <laughs> you went through us the did whole say, day. Did you do shots throughout his house? Yeah. Yeah. Throughout the house, you know, and it just, it was a great, great day. Great day. Aretha Franklin, I was Aretha Franklin's photographer for the Aretha last, I shot her last 13 years of her life. Oh, wow. I never really did uh, anything outside of fashion, beauty, uh, and celebrity. But, but you I had to do sports. Michael's the only sports guy you did. Well, I did a few, but like, you know, the, the bigger sports stars. Right, right, right. You'd have I'd to really be in that. For, like, uh, for a cover or right, story. Right. Uh, I got a call here um, almost two years ago now for the Olympics uh, to, to make history doing something for the IOC. To make who? To make history as a photographer. They, you don't let anybody in the, the Olympic Village, that's like a no man's land, okay. uh, where it's free of press so they can just unwind, be themselves. Hmm. And the IOC hired me to live in the Olympic Village and document the athletes did and you, life. You did that here? I did that here. Yeah. You got what? Yeah, to live there for the entire month. It was fantastic. In Odaiba? Yeah, it was fantastic. Wow. First time being around that, that element, and it was, it was incredible. Incredible. I can imagine. I mean, to be you there and, and yeah. uh, you know, see it 24-7 and see them like, you know, after they win, you know, come back and see the humanity of each person was fantastic. That's cool. What if you, okay, you've shot the who's who in your field and there is fashion, design, now the Olympics, you did that. After meeting these people, what is the, what would you tell, you don't have children, but if you did, what would you be telling your kids about these people? What are, what are some of the lessons you've come out with? Oh, there are so it's many. about what you've seen. There's so many. Stay grounded. Now, how is that? What do you, what do you mean? What's it, grounded? It's so easy to, to believe your own hype. You need people around you who can keep you grounded. People who are true friends, who won't tell you what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. We all need that. We all do. So to, to hear that, 
from friends, have good friends around you um, who have your interests at heart, that's important. Um, and then just to keep doing what you love, period. You know, Aretha I loved because she, until the end, was doing what she loved. As a matter of fact, she was working on an album when she passed away. She's working on an album when she passed away. We were planning a shoot when she passed away. She still had the voice? She still had the It wasn't the same. Okay. I mean, she could still sing, but she didn't have that strong voice she had. Of course, like, you of know. Course, of course. How but, old was she when she passed? Uh, 76. 70, oh, that's still young. 76. But was it passed. because of her diet mostly that messed up her voice? Did she, she didn't smoke. Uh, but she was she around smoke, smoke when she, she was younger. But she, she was around people. Yeah, I know she did. Yeah, I saw her, her, her story, yeah. But not, I met her um, 2004. From that point on, she was not smoking. But what did she, you know what she died from? Or? Yeah, cancer. Okay, cancer. Lung? Cancer. Uh, no, uh, I forget the type of cancer she had. Okay. It wasn't uh, like um, lupus or anything. Is no, that, that's no. That's the disease of the blood, yeah. Okay. But uh, she fought it for a while. She came back at one point, got stronger, um, and then I shot her again when she was stronger. Um, but the second time around, it, it's too much. Yeah. Yeah. Life has a way of telling you, okay, you've had your time's finished. Yeah. yeah. You've had enough. Well, I'll yeah. be there at one point. <laughs> Tell me about it. I'm not in a hurry to get there, but me, I don't Me listen. either, man. I I'm not in like a hurry to get there. There's a lot of stuff I want to do, but I want to be doing what I enjoy doing. I don't believe, I think one of the worst things that was sold to mankind was the term retirement. So do I. I think you shouldn't have Why never... Why do you say that? You know I feel I mean? the same way when Why would you Why say retire? that to somebody? Why would you tell somebody that? You've been here for seven years now. Seven years now. Well, it'll be seven years in November. What made you decide to come to Japan? I fell in love with this place, man. I came to visit... Uh, 1999 the first time came here uh hanging out with a buddy of mine uh had a ball went to like a reggae concert uh with with leon leon the actor uh five heartbeats that that old the yeah. five heartbeats yeah, yeah the brothers yeah, yeah. doing brothers it was a group yes exactly so came here with, with uh, leon and which one was leon uh he was the one who played the the, the lead singer is that right? And then yeah. you left the group? Yeah, exactly. And then they come back at the end, you cry, you can't help right, but cry at the right, end because they, exactly. they come together, they forgive each other, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Leon, what's he, what's he doing now? Did he do anything else after that? Oh yeah, yeah, he's still acting and still doing stuff here and there. I see him yeah. all the time. And I'd have to see that movie again, yeah. I remember seeing it though and I cried like a baby when they got together. It was, it was great, it was I great. Love, yeah. And uh, yeah, fell in love with Japan. He was here? He was here. We were here August 1999, had no idea how hot it is in Japan in August. And like humid. Dying and humid, yeah. and humid, hot and humid. The humidity. That's what gets it, yeah, the humidity gets you. The humidity you. gets you. Yeah. But I loved it. I remember I was living at the time, I was living on 43rd and 10th in, the, in uh, New York City, thinking that New York was the center of the world. And then I come here, <laughs> and I'm like, somebody lied to me. What? I mean, it dwarfs New York City. <laughs> it dwarfs New York. any way you want to think about it, any way you want to think about it, we're looking at, you cannot see right now, but Matthew and I are looking outside. We're looking through floor to ceiling windows, and we're looking outside at not even a popular area of Tokyo, and it is massive. N it is building to building next door. No, it's not on a grid. Yeah. Tokyo's not building a grid because of the bomb bombing they had. Yeah. Um, they just, you, you got land. If you could handle the land, you could get it. But we're looking outside, seeing the expressway, two tall buildings, well, relatively tall, but not that tall, 
Um, you're seeing this whole tall buildings. Yeah. I mean, it's, and, it's, the, and and what we're looking over are homes and businesses and stuff, and it's bustling always. Yeah. At nighttime, it's just as beautiful. It is. And this isn't even a popular section. You have Tokyo Tower right over here, and then you have the new Mori building over this. That side is the side where you really see everything. This side develops developing a lot slower. I love Compared it. to the world, it's I, not even I, close. I love it. They're not close. If they could get this far, they'd be doing good. True. If they could get this far, they'd be doing okay. You already love the place, so I don't have to convince you because not you've been at all. around and you're not comparing it with something that makes sense. Absolutely. Right? And as a person of color to come here too. Well see that's another story all together. Before I end the podcast, with everyone you've seen and all the knowledge you've built and you've seen how people are, if you could go back in time and meet the younger Matthew to give him advice. Oh, wow. Wow. How old would he be and what advice would you give him? I like to say eighteen. I tell myself to have no fear and always just like really like no dream big, which is I always say that all the time anyway. Dream big and go for the top from the start. Start from the top. Whatever you're scared of doing, go for that first. And don't stop. Period. You know, there is there is no like, oh, you can't do that. You know, oh, this is impossible. I don't believe in impossible. You know, when you're younger, you're like, oh. If you start here and work my way up, why? You know, go, go for the gold. Don't let anybody else tell you that you can't do something. Because that's what they believe about themselves, not you. I tell myself also to like, you know, uh, shoot more. I tell myself to always have my camera on me. I told myself to to always show my point of view as a photographer. When you're coming up, and you see this today in, in everything, people covet what they see. They wanna do what they're seeing out there. But what if your visions, what if the world's seeing from here to here, and your vision's out here? You should go for your vision. Like here we are with AI. Somebody's gonna see it, and even right now you see people doing better things that we're used to doing. The multiplying what they do, which is great. But somebody's gonna take it and do something totally different that's gonna take us to another stratosphere. And getting back to your question, I told myself to definitely, you know, go for the gold all the time. Uh, don't let any fear stop you. Don't stifle yourself and uh, and live your best life every day. I can't say, think of a better way to say it, Matthew. Thank you so much. Thank you, brother. Thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. I want to thank all of you for watching this. Make sure you press like and subscribe. And never forget, it's all on loan. So continue to reach for the stars. Because you're too blessed to be stressed.